Welcome to Gaming Historia. We're having a three-way, guys, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a um, complicated three-way. We're gonna get into some heavier subjects than than what you're used to, especially considering that last week I was just talking about how we're gonna talk about Labo and all the fun we're having with that. Unfortunately, real life is affected by entertainment. Entertainment is affected by real life. We're gonna cover that. This was spurred by the Toronto attack. It was something we are going to cover these kind of things in the near future, and we're waiting for the right time to do it so that we're not jumping in around a school shooting or around a, a attack of any type. But guess what? There's no time to do it where that's not happening, so we're just going to do it. Um, we're not trying to jump on top of one of these things or another. But we do have some relevant things that came up in the wake of the Toronto attacks. This is Rio slash Kalen's baby. Hey. I'll probably be calling him Rio throughout it. But this is Kalen. Kalen, Take. fuck it. You know who he is. Yep. And <laughs> Stephen Adams. Um, and we're going to be talking about primarily what what made us decide to to really start diving deeper into this is... A game, Death Road for Death Road to Canada, has been pushed back in light of what happened, and we have differing opinions on this. And we figured let's yell and scream and argue with each other in public because that's what other news channels do, and that's how you get popular. So we're actually just going to have a discussion about it. And yep. Rio has done all the research. He's been the Olivia of this gaming historia where he is just researched up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be quieter than normal and just jump in randomly with a few of my thoughts, but I wanted to give a quick intro. And before we get too much more into this, or before we get into the, to, to the meat of what we're doing again, patreon.com slash gaming historia. You can find links on gaming if you like this content, if you like our lighthearted content, if you like all the different stuff we're doing and you want us to keep on doing this without having to worry about whether or not PR people or advertisers or any of those guys can get pissed that we're saying what we say, that's what we need your support so we don't have to turn to them. So there's some giveaways going on. Listen to In Search of the Story. Listen to Gaming Historia. You'll look at the site, look at Facebook, whatever. You'll find what the giveaways are. There's reasons to subscribe and, and support us beyond just the fact that you like what it, what, we're, what we're doing. So with that, we're going to get into this. It is going to be a somewhat touchier subject. So if you're heavily opinionated, please reach out at contact at gaminghistory.com. Let us know what you think. And we'll do a follow-up with why we agree or disagree with you and, and your points of view and, and share those in a either in an article that'll go up with this or uh, or another podcast when we get there. So with that said, I'm going to shut my fucking mouth and let Rio get started. Okay. So we all know about the Toronto van attack um, where someone got in a van, drove it onto the sidewalk and knocked down a lot of people, uh, killing, I think, the death tolls, I think, oh, 10, maybe higher. Um, and it was kind of vicious. Um, since then, 
I got an email recently in the light of these events uh, through one of the press releases that Death Road to Canada, um, to use the exact quote in the press release, Death Road to Canada postponed until further notice in light of Toronto events. Um, originally, the game was going to be released on Nintendo Switch on the 25th of April, but the managing director of Yukio Publishing commented saying, we feel it would be deeply inappropriate to launch the game at such a time. We would like to express our deepest condolences to everyone affected by the tragic events in Toronto. Um, from that, it brought up a lot of questions to me about should releases be affected by uh, recent events. And this is by far not even the first ever time not even this year like not not uh, sorry uh, not even within a year as um last year uh seem yeah about this time last year a game called get even got delayed as well uh after the events in Manchester um, in the UK where a bomb went off and killed a lot of people um, and to frame it in a way that I think that and one of the things that this is often linked to is that um, these games which are being delayed are somehow linked to the event that occurred. Death Road to Canada does have an element where you are jumping in the van and just driving down the road no matter what gets in your way, which Toronto Attack, Get Even. Um, the developer behind the game has been quoted as saying without going into spoiler territory too much get even story and our promotional materials have very explicitly displayed acts of violence the use of detonating devices such as bombs loss of young life and british characters in our opinion the two share similarities and out of respect to those affected by tragedies and our uk colleagues we have all come to the very hard decision to push back the release one month this decision comes from a place of empathy and understanding, not business at all. So, to open the floor up to you, to Stephen and Gravel, the question has to be raised of, should release dates and in-game content be affected by recent events in the face of these games which take months often years to create and cannot predict these tragic events do you want to start it Stephen, or do you want me you know i'm the long-winded one <coughs> well let's let's see what you have to say and i guess i can follow up on it because i'm still doing a little bit of reading myself okay so it, here's here's the way i look at it as 
someone that kind of took a big risk with all of you guys to start up, I guess, a business that we're doing podcasts, videos, news, and all this stuff. We put very clear expectations out for every, for all 25 people that are on the site that are working for nothing, that we have a few core tenants that we stand behind and we will not sell out in any way for that kind of thing. And that's out of respect for the people who work for us and on the site and for the people who listen to our podcast, watch our streams and read our content is we're always going to be honest. We're always going to work with integrity and you know, we have our core tenants that we've talked about that I've explained in plenty of, of different ways. And so whenever something like this happens, looking at it from a business perspective with the death road to Canada, which is a game that I've been playing to be able to review and possibly stream. I it's, so far, I'm enjoying the game, but here's the thing with it. The people who are making it are human, and I give them a lot of respect that they put this much work into it. They see what happens. They understand that even though they may not be personally affected by it, there's at least 10 families who have been. And it's really closer to, what, 35, because there's like 25 people who were injured as well. So... Excuse me. So there's at least 35 people or 35 families, which, you know, you get up into hundreds of people that have been affected by this at a minimum. And that's just directly affected by this. And yeah, they could put out their game on the 25th and say, this has nothing to do with that. That's some crazy guy, the end. But instead, they're taking a little bit of a financial risk by, you know, doing some of their pre-promotion stuff, getting PR people out there, things like that about the game but then saying, we understand that this was a shitty situation, that this is terrible for the people involved. And is Death Road to Canada the same type of release as God of War? No, it's not it's not that level of release where it's just going to be around everybody. But they're showing what they believe in as a group. And I'm sure they had plenty of conversations about whether or not to do it. And... I would be surprised if money was the main thing they talked about. I I imagine their biggest thing was we have X number of pre-orders that people want to play this. We might hurt our business a little bit by pushing it back. We might help our business a little bit by pushing it back. But ultimately, the decision that they make is let's hold off until the right time to release it. And I respect that. I, I get that. You're, you're not selling your soul or, or, or your values to put it out in time because something happened. The one problem with this is this is a very specific case, the death road to Canada. And then there was literally basically if, if it wasn't zombies in the game, it would basically be the same thing happened in real life. That's a very specific case, but there's, we're at a point in in the world, especially in the States now, and, and we had talked about doing a, a podcast about school shootings and violence and video games and stuff like that. And I didn't say it as a joke, but it kind of came off as like really, really dark humor whenever I said it is, we'll have to find a time that's far enough away from school shootings so that we're not 
jumping on the back of that and doing what all other media is doing and saying, oh, time to start talking about school shootings again because we're not trying to use a tragedy to boost ourselves. But then we realized there's not a time that's far enough from a school shooting because by the time you start to recover from one act of violence, the next one has happened. We're just in that world at this point. And so should every company say we're not going to release this game? No, but if it is close enough to a specific subject, yeah, I th- I think the Death Road to Canada thing makes sense because it's it's going to be very very close to what really happened happening in a video game. Again, the the specific thing in the game is you can get in a car and run over a bunch of zombies on the road as you're moving. That's obviously not what happened in Canada. They were real people. And so there's a difference there, but the similarities are close enough that it makes sense for them to say, let's hold off for a little bit. Let's show respect to these families. Let's show respect to the people who were affected by this, whether directly or indirectly, just by how hard it was to, to see something like this happen again. And I, I fully respect that idea. I, I think sometimes it goes over the top. I think the Punisher went over the top with it because you're never going... You're If you live in America, you're just wait. You know, you turn on the news each morning hoping that you don't see some shooting or somebody running over somebody or some kind of big act of violence. You hope the biggest news is something stupid happening, happening politically that we pissed off another leader somewhere else. That's your hope right now. So no game is going to release in between in a safe spot where there's no violence happening in between it. So I appreciate the fact that they're doing it. I think it's fine that they're doing that. I wouldn't have been upset if they didn't, but now I look at them and say, Hey, look, they actually thought this out and they realize that they're too close to it. They're, they're too similar. And, and, and that's where it kind of comes from. There's, I think it's a case by case basis. I, I don't think you say shooting games need to be put on pause every time there's a shooting because then games would not be made anymore because there's a shooting every other day. So that's my initial take on the whole thing. Mm. And I mean, it is totally fair to see such a um, horrible situation and just want to delay things due to that. But I also think that uh, one of the unusual situations about it is is that no one spoke to uh, anyone affected by this to ask what they would want. Um, because when I uh, threw this topic idea about as something that I would like to discuss because of the press release that I got, um, I actually got a direct quote of someone who was affected by this. Um, I'm just going to do a direct quote. As someone who lives where the van attack happened, my girlfriend goes to university near there and someone she knew years ago died. I don't think the game should be delayed. 
It is really nice to see the developers care and doing their best not to offend, but they have spent a long time working on supporting the game. It is also a business. They should be able to release their product, even though some radical crazy person has absolutely no ties to them does something horrendous. They shouldn't have to suffer and fans shouldn't have to wait. I love the team. I love that the team cares, but I don't want them or anyone to feel like they need to postpone a release because of someone else's actions. I'd rather the game release and be able to play it sooner than later because of some idiot. End quote. And I think to get back to the get even, um, the get even uh, delay. Even though I don't live in Manchester, I think that one of the big uh, pushes that were happening with Manchester wasn't one of fear, and it wasn't one where life should stop because of these tragedies, but one where life must still go on. We should not be affected by this. We should not let a life stop because of some nutcase. We should continue to love each other, be great to each other, and keep producing fantastic content. And by, and to some, it can be seen that um, by doing these hideous attacks, that they are having an effect on culture, and may therefore actually encourage further attacks. By knowing that when you are in such a desperate situation where your self-esteem is obliterated and your life is characterized by how um, how you are unattract how you feel completely unloved and unattractive to the opposite sex that at least you can go out. And hurt a lot of people. And stop media in its step. To cartel to your story. It's almost a... To some people it could even be seen as... A five minutes of fame. Or a quick way to get your own biography on air. And it's kind of well, sick. And, and a lot of times it, it is that type of thing. And but but here's so let's back up to the quote real quick because mm-hmm. that's that's a three degrees of separation. It's a the the person who gave you that quote they're affected in a way, but not directly because it's their girlfriend knew somebody. Yeah. And we don't even know that, how close, I admit. Right. So and you're not going to go up to somebody who is immediately affected and say, hey, do you guys care if we release a game? They don't care. Yeah, That's the least of their worries at this point. Mm. And so there's there's a couple different arguments. There's a, there's a book called Grand Theft Childhood, which if you haven't read it, and if you're close to becoming a parent, read it. It is the closest to a definitive study that we have on violence and video games, on how violent video games affect people. And the conclusion is it's more of a pacifier than an enabler. So whenever the media blows up and says, oh, you know, this 
the shooting happened because these guys practice on Doom, which was what Columbine. That Doom was the bad one. Um, no, that's that's not why it happened. It happened because they had something in their minds that either was a mental illness or they were just people who they self-justified that they could go do this. They didn't play Doom and go, oh, cool, man. Doom's really fun killing aliens. I bet it's fun doing it to people, too. That's that's not... you. And a sane person does not make that leap. It doesn't matter how violent a video game is. I told you in, in one of the podcasts, in one of the In Search of the Story podcasts, how how hard the Trevor torture scene in Grand Theft Auto affected me. But it, it didn't change my views on torture. I still have the same views about torture. It also didn't make me think, ooh, it'd be cool to go steal a car right now. None of that stuff goes through a normal player's mind. But at the same point, you have to look at the fact that did anything that Nintendo makes from Kirby to Mario to Super Smash Brothers to Mario Tennis, any of that kind of stuff, has that ever been affected by anything that happened in the real world? Not at all. Because they make games that are very much your traditional old school video games where it's just goofy, silly, lighthearted fun. So as games become more realistic and as they become more violent, some of this is PR spin. I'm not going to say there's no... That this is all, you know, a halo around a company's head. A lot of this is how can, you know, we're going to look good if we say let's hold back to to most people who aren't going to think too deep on it. There's there's a level of that out there. I can guarantee it. I don't know what level it is. It doesn't diminish the results, but you have to take that into account also. But the point that I'm that I'm slowly getting to is that as we get these more realistic, more violent games, even though they don't cause the violence, if you do the research, the public, my my parents, my grandparents, most people who aren't in the industry or or study this stuff or do reporting on this stuff, they're going to take what Fox News or MSNBC or CBS or whoever tells them that, yes, the video game caused this. Well, they're not going to go do the research and read a book and read studies and read journals. They're going to go, oh, video games are bad. So then whenever EA says, hey, we just made a game about, you know, whatever violent game they make at that point, and we're going to hold off because this event just happened, then the public's going to go, oh, EA's really looking out. They know that their games affect people. And it could be a double-edged sword at that point. I don't know if people take that far of a leap that are saying, oh, EA is admitting it. They're just saying, oh, how nice of EA to kind of step back and wait and take a financial loss when ultimately that's not the reason. It's I, I think most of the companies are doing it because it's too close to that subject. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's... I, I see all the different aspects of it, and I think it's a very case-by-case thing. I, I think Death Road to Canada, like I said, is the right call. Hold off, because it's way too similar. But delaying a Doom game because somebody went on a shooting spree in, in Japan or something? No. The two are completely unrelated. You know, and not that that's happened, but I'm saying if that were to happen, 
that would be completely unrelated and there would be no reason to delay it. It's related to bringing up Japan. Um, oh, look at that. I didn't even know I was I was leading the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I think that it's interesting that we focused on violent attacks specifically. Um, relating to if we're inspiring future killers or things like that. Because... I think it's more of a question of sensitivity, and I think that because there's a, apparently uh, the when Final Fantasy fourteen was first released, there was going to be um, a boss of uh, a Titan and Leaf Lefian. Trying to pronounce this, Lefian Lefian. Oh my god. It's the water god. It's from... fine. L something. <laughs> it's the snake water god. Anyway, so... There was going to be an update uh, with these two gods. Um, Titan being the Earth-based Earth uh, godly being. If you've played Final Fantasy IX, I believe he appears in. Um, and water snake god appearing I think in Final Fantasy 8 but this update was roughly around the same time that the Tsami and earthquake disaster struck Japan in 2011 and according to TV tropes Square Enix withheld the two boss characters since they felt that launching these two bosses that can cause earthquakes and tidal waves would be a little touchy and too soon for Japanese players. While, but later on, they were patching to the game years later. This event won't... I can see that. Yeah, it's... Like, this isn't inspiring anyone. It's more of a sensitivity thing. So... Right. I think what's kind of interesting is, is do we push back content in the face of a disaster that is natural um, because of sensitivity or do we plod on with our lives as though this disaster did not happen I, I think there's two arguments because it's at one point video games are an escape the, we don't play video games in general well Unfortunately, we don't get to play many video games to enhance our lives. Most are to bring joy to our lives or an escape to our lives. We're not necessarily learning things from games because there's not a lot of games out there that really teach you stuff unless you go back to you know preschool and elementary level games like Reading Rabbit or whatever. But the most games out there, the most educational enlightenment you can get out of them is the ability to read faster because you're playing a visual novel or whatever. There's not a lot of games out there that enhance a skill for us. Um, we're starting to see that a little bit, like with Labo teaching some programming, and there's other games out there that teach programming a little bit on the side to a young audience. So a little bit of that is starting to happen. But for the most part... Video games are very much an escape and a hobby. The same way that whittling wood and learning to barbecue 
it's more of a hobby. You don't need to know how to barbecue to, to, survive, to survive in this world. You don't need to whittle wood to survive. But you become skilled at those particular things, and it becomes your hobby. Video games are the same way. You become better at League of Legends or Call of Duty or Magic or Eternal or whatever. Um, so whenever a, a game is coming out, it's an escape. And, and if that escape is then reminding you of what you're escaping from, then why play it? Because if, if I just dealt with a tsunami and there's a tsunami in the game, that's not helping me escape from the shit that I'm going through in real life right now. Let me play a game where I kill a tsunami. You know, I mean, it's, that's that's the closest thing that I want to a tsunami in my game if I just dealt with that. So there, there's because there's not an educational or financial value that comes from playing games in 99% of the cases, then it, it makes that that's why I understand why they pull it back. On the other hand, I think that there are some people I, and I'm and we can backtrack if we need to, but I just noticed this in the notes that you put up. Um, there are people who are trying to... They, they don't see the darkness of what people are doing and they think that they're putting out something that is going to get them a lot of quick attention on the back of a tragedy like the school shooter, North American tour, and the Columbine... Super Columbine... RPG. Yeah, I, think is what I, it was. I know what you mean. It's the RP, like the turn-based RPG based around the Columbine shootings, and including a part where you go to hell with the duo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I super, remember this. Super Columbine Massacre RPG. Yeah, I've played it. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what argument they make for why they did this, whether they're like, oh, we're making it a satire to show how terrible this thing was and that it should never be done. No, that's bullshit. That's that's absolutely ridiculous to make a game that's based on that. And this becomes a slippery slope because we can also say that we're celebrating D-Day and World War II and World War One and a bunch of different games. And but but that's the nature of humanity. But whenever you name your game after a recent tragedy where it wasn't a war, it was a massacre, and then you make it cartoony graphics and go, Oh look, you know, we're just poking fun and trying to make it lighthearted and trying to, you know, make these guys look like assholes. No, you're not. You you called it specifically this because you know you're going to get people and you're going to get the media to go nuts, mention it, and you get free advertising. From a business pr perspective, are you making a good call? Yeah, because you can get a lot of people to look at it. But guess what? You can get a lot more people to hate you for doing that. And so that's that's where we go from video games being a form of escape to video games being malicious. And there's a history of games like this. I would have to go look them up. There was one that was... Uh, it was in the 90s and it was like a, I think it was like a schoolyard shootout. It was actually, I think it came out in the UK, so you may know about it more than I do, Rio, if, if you know about it at all. But it was like schoolyard shootout or schoolyard something. It doesn't ring and a bell. Basically, yeah, it, it got shut down real fast. But basically, from from what I remember, you, you pull up in a van or something, 
while kids are out at recess, you walk out into the schoolyard and you get points for every kid you kill. Hmm. And that was that was the game. And guess the reception it got. <laughs> I, the, that guy's not making games anymore. No, nope. we right. Um, <laughs> so so ultimately, what a, I guess what I'm long windedly saying, which I guess that's just going to be my. You need to be real. I need to be long wind. Is video games a form of escape? If you can edit out the parts, like like you mentioned with Final Fantasy, where you have tsunami and Earth guy. And then put them in later on whenever there's some distance between the tragedy that happened. Yeah, it's cool down. Then fire away and do that. But I I get the idea that whenever I play a video game, I want to escape. Whenever I play Mm. anything that I have to review, it's because I want to get away from stuff. And there's certain games that you want to get immersed in. Like The council's trying to do it. My opinion's been said plenty on that. Where they're trying to put some education into it, but it's such an alt history thing. Mm. And but you want to go into something and just forget it. Whenever I play Kirby with the kid, we don't think about anything except for what are, what and what I don't even know what they are. What character are we going to eat next to get their power up? <laughs> and we laugh and we joke and stuff like that. And you know, I make jokes to my wife that Kirby's just an evil cannibal that eats all living things. Mm. Um, but whenever you're playing the game, it's just a fun time. Disney Infinity, all those. Yeah, it's just kind of free. It's nothing to yeah. think too hard about. Yeah, and you just let you. And and the same could be said for games like Magic: The Gathering or Call of Duty. That you know, as riled up as people get whenever they aren't getting the right kill death ratio or whatever, they understand that they're playing a competitive sport because really a shooter is a sport. It's it's like basketball, but instead of putting a ball in a basket, you're putting a virtual bullet in somebody's virtual body. And it's essentially learning the skills that you need to work through that type of game. And, you know, playing FIFA or NBA or whatever. Any of those are, even though they're more tied to a real life thing and they're more realistic, you go into it knowing that you're playing to get better at what you're doing not to learn how to kill people more efficiently. Yeah. Just like I don't play FIFA to learn how to be a better soccer player. Mm. I play FIFA because I don't play for Bayern Munich. Uh, so instead, I will manage Bayern Munich virtually. So the escape part is a big issue, and I, I think that's why whenever a game like Death Road is too close to the subject, there's no reason to put it out because you can't escape at that point. Um, it's right there in your face. Like, hey, remember, remember a couple of days ago whenever this happened? Because you're not going to have, you're not going to be able to forget it whenever you're playing this particular game. Mm. And off my soapbox I go. <laughs> so, um, sorry, I'm being, while you've been on your soapbox, I've actually been doing a little research. Um, so, I think that video games can do more than escapism. Um, sorry, I'm just looking... Because I think that video games can also be used to safely 
examine a subject that is close to you as well. I think that when a game say to use to use a more uh, a completely unrelated topic example, I think that games that study depression can be useful for people depression with quest. depression. Don't know about depression quest. There, I would say there are better games for <laughs> that kind of subject. That's the most well-known one, probably. Yeah, though. I. I mean, to be honest, I would probably say that Shadowrun Hong Kong does a better job than Depression Quest. Okay. But, um, like, if you ever talk to uh, the chip salesman, I think it is, it goes that direction. It's really good. Um, but I think that for some people, looking at depression in a safe environment Right, can help cope with it, and I think that, and, and I think those things are important. the The only drawback to that is those are not going to be big titles. Those are going to be very, very niche indie titles. Until we get, I mean, I wish Olivia was here to tell me how to say it. Uh, Hell's sacrifice or Hell's blade, sin, sinuous sacrifice. You know the game I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. That the was schizophrenic. That was supposed to... Yeah, it was supposed supposed to deal with mental illness. Yeah, schizophrenia. Excuse me. Yeah, and I don't know how well it did it. I didn't play it and I haven't researched it a whole lot because I haven't. But that's, that's kind of the first big title that dealt with a specific issue. And I've suffered from anxiety and panic disorder for the last... Uh, I'm I'm going seven years strong now on anxiety and panic disorder. Mm. It's under control, yep. but my family doesn't know how to deal with it whenever I'm going through a panic attack or I'm going through an anxiety attack Yeah, because there's no way to explain it. You feel like you're dying. You know you're not, but you can't get away from it, and it completely crushes you into a little ball to where you can't deal with anything around it and your family wants to help because they love you but they can't because they have no frame of reference into what's going on in your mind yeah and so there's room for that kind of stuff to be made and you can make it in a big way like like sinuous sacrifice whatever it's called yeah sinuous like, sacrifice hellblade okay sinuous sacrifice hellblade well, so it's hellblade sinuous sacrifice but yeah yeah <laughs> okay well, whatever so so the way that they handle that, there's a way to go around and start doing that. And that way I can tell my wife or my parents or whatever, like, hey, if you want to know what I go through, go through this game. And it, probably for something like a panic disorder, you need to do it in VR because you need to fill everything closing in around you. But for depression, there's ways that you can show that. Mm. You know, there's, there's ways that you can show all kinds of different things to help people understand people who are dealing with these mental issues or mental uh, whatever, yeah. mental unbalances that, that they have to deal with through their lives. Mm -hmm. And it'll make life a little bit easier for everybody around. So there's there's a lot of room for video games to help. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's not... I can't just say, hey, go to Steam and pick up this game because I can't spend three weeks researching like 
where's the game that talks about anxiety that's good? Yeah. Because, you know, that anybody could sit down and play and understand. I mean... Because they're just not big titles like, yeah. you know, like Call of Duties and Assassin's Creed and things like that. I mean, I but think... we might be on the cusp of that happening. Yeah. Sorry, I just realized that I think we're starting to get so way off topic... That we are, <laughs> we are branching into another topic that I swear we are going to do a podcast about one day. Like, if Gravel doesn't do it, I'm definitely covering it. So, oh. uh, <laughs> I will be part of that one because I I have a lot to... I've, been, I've always been really open about anxiety and panic. And if anybody ever wants to reach out to talk about it, I've got it under control and, and I'm able to speak at length about it. Yeah, Contacted Gaming Astoria and just put in there... Hey, can we talk, Chris? And I will be happy to talk to you however you want for as long as you need because I've dealt with it. I know how shitty it is. So that's a thing on the side. To get back on track, how about Steven speak? Yeah, I was <laughs> going to prod him because he's been completely silent the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm still here. All right. I still hey, do Steven, stuff. how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> It's been Glad a it's a really us. happy podcast today. So we're curious about your thoughts now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny to put Stephen on with probably the two most long winded people on on the entire podcast network. <laughs> <laughs> like, good luck, Steve. Let's see how this goes. Go on, Steve. Get in there. <laughs> okay. Um. Go on. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> wow, that was you. You guys. Just kind of killed it. Like, I don't know why I'm here now. <laughs> oh man! Please don't leave. Uh, your your use of terminology was very dark and on point, sir. Ugh. Mm. Um, I guess I kind of want to start by saying that the biggest issue that I have with this whole situation is that. I personally, I don't know how many other people believe it, but I personally believe that media in general needs to stop. How do I put it? Need, they need to stop putting stuff like this on a pedestal. That's well, a yeah, big thing. And that's what... It's one thing for you for people to know that it happens. It's fine. Hmm. For it's like, hey, this happened in this place in the world. But... The thing is that stuff like this happens all the time, all throughout every day of every day of our lives. Yeah. It happens everywhere in the world. Yep. And we just sit there and, like I said, throw it on a pedestal and be like, look at this, look at this, pay attention to us. I wouldn't, We're talking about this thing. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as to and, say and that... And what gets fused, those? Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's, what? That's what gets people to turn on the TV and watch, though. I know, and it's... It's the worst. I think it's horrible. And, and and it's not just the media that's at fault, though. It's everybody. So I, I there's plenty of issues with the media, but I, I think that you should also call out everybody. Well, yeah, because we are... It's in our nature to want to be drawn to this kind of stuff and pay attention to the horrible things that are happening. Because we... As messed up and dark and twisted as it is, we derive some form of entertainment from tragedy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think entertainment's wrong. I mean, 
I guess it's right in a Schrodinger sort of way, but I think what's actually happening is fear-mongering, basically. We're getting very attached to media because we've got to know how to protect ourselves, how to remain safe. And it pushes copies to hear about, you know, be scary of the outsider, be, be wary of the strange individuals from outside your culture from outside your social field be wary of people within your social field because who knows one of them might have a gun and might want to shoot you in the face or drive a van into you it fetishizes um, the deaths of people because it brings views and sales because of that fear and to me I think the current climate that we do live in where we are increasingly wanting to vote in staunch anti-immigration politicians is born from the media breeding this contempt towards the outsider either an outsider a outsider minority group or an outsider individual but you still there yeah yeah oh, yeah yeah i okay. i was seeing if anyone no, wanted to cut in um yeah but so i think I, I will say this so oh sorry with the fear-mongering stuff i i felt the exact same way for a long time but Maybe it's in my old age, or maybe it's just through attrition or whatever that would be done. I think it's actually more a morbid curiosity that probably goes back into something in our genes. That, you know, whenever we were cavemen, if a dinosaur is eating old grog in the cave next to us, we're going to watch it to see what happens so that we don't have that happen to us. But I think in today's society, now it's just a curiosity. And... We want drama in our lives. Everybody knows somebody who wants to add as much drama to their life as they can. And then we can go talk to our friends and say, oh my God, did you guys hear what happened in Canada? And you try to be the most educated person about it. So you can be like, oh, I'm the authority on what happened with the current news. And it becomes, it becomes something that, not everybody, but something that people kind of latch onto that it's the same thing that whenever you're driving down the road and there's a car wreck, it doesn't matter how far off the road the car wreck is, traffic builds up because everybody's rubbernecking to look at what happened because they want to know, ooh, how bad was this one? And it's not because they wish that it was worse than it was. They Most people are probably hoping, I hope they're okay. But they still want to see because we have that curiosity to see what happened. And... The media knows that what's that's what brings in ratings. That's what brings in viewers. And very few media outlets are going to shy away from that. I mean, this is as much as we're going to connect ourselves to that kind of thing. And it's because it specifically had to do with something that was going to come out on the day that we're recording. That's the reason that we're recording it today. Uh, we're recording this April 25th. We don't know when it'll go up because this will always be relevant. It's, oh wow! We're, I we're didn't even notice the, the date, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's why I decided I should jump in. Um, 
because it, it was very topical and, I, and and I've been wanting to do this for a while. Yeah. So we're building a backlog of, of additional podcasts as summer's hit and you know, people aren't able to get on a podcast that you'll still have one. We're making sure certain ones are going to be relevant anytime. So this will be recorded on April 25th. So if this goes up, you know, three or four weeks down the road, you'll know we're, we're talking about the, the tragedy that happened in Canada in April. So hopefully there's not another one that happened before that or after that, after we record this, but that I, I, I should have said that at the beginning, but as we're, I think starting to kind of close off, I wanted to mention that real quick, but ultimately I don't think the fear mongering is as big of a part of all of this as the morbid curiosity or just curiosity that people have about what's going on. And it, and I really think it started with 9-11 because before 9-11, I, the last time I really remember watching the news a lot was OJ and Clinton. But then after that, 9-11 happened. I was watching whatever news channel I was. If a commercial came on, I switched to the other news channel 24-7. And that's all I watched for three or four days. And then that just kind of conditioned me that whenever something goes on, the news is on immediately because we want to see what's going on. And it it doesn't affect my life at all, so why do I care? I, that sounds worse than I meant it to sound. Why is it important in my life that this thing happened? Of course I care about the people that this happened to. I, I it's, it's the worst thing, and I feel for their families and everything they're going through because I can put myself in their shoes of what if it was my wife or my daughter that were in that place. I, that dude wouldn't make it to court. But for me, for something that happened in Canada, as a guy living in Texas, why is it important for me to be informed about this particular subject? It's not at all. It's just curiosity. But that's what gets views. So the media is just jumping in and saying, hey, you're going to watch this? We're going to put it up. If instead we wanted to see strawberries dipped in chocolate and, and eaten by different people, and that's what got everybody to watch, that's what media would be covering all the time. So, Dude. Oh, man, there's got to be a YouTube channel for that. I'm, I'm looking for that later. <laughs> there, I'm positive there's more than one. <laughs> but to bring there's it uh, back... Uh, YouTube giving us the stuff that regular media won't. <laughs> right. But to bring it back to the original question... That we started this podcast for. And we knew would not stay on track. No. <laughs> um, do you think that con that video games should have content changed in relation to recent events, despite these video games being created months, if not years, prior to said event? Um one such example that I found is that uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty was released in November 2001. Hang on. Um, yeah, so it was released in 2001, um, but a scene in the Arsenal gear of the uh, mobile fortress where it destroys Statue of Liberty and much of Manhattan's financial district was removed as well as the live action footage of the Twin Towers that was originally going to be used in the ending 
yeah. another example is that uh, GTA 3 did have a mission which referenced terrorists which were removed um, other changes were more minor such as changing the flight path of AI planes that went near skyscrapers changing dialogue by pedestrians um, there are like gameplay has been affected despite being created way before an event so do you think that is a legitimate thing to do or do you think that's depriving the audience of some content I'd say it's a case by case basis depending on how close it is to the event you the, the company makes the call I don't think they're required to but I think on a case by case basis as a business as a bunch of people who are trying to make entertainment that's escapist if you're not trying to tell a story of people who attack the trade towers then if it happened right around that time maybe it's okay to switch it to something else if you are trying to tell a story of what happened there then leave the stuff in and let people go in knowing hey i'm gonna be dealing with some shit but on a case-by-case basis i think it's completely up to the company and and i don't think there's anything wrong with editing the content to get away from real world events so that whenever you play it you can escape Hmm. and you can get away from the shit that's going on in the real world and you can enjoy playing a game where you can run around and and sneak up on people and break their necks and not feel bad about it but some of this content is not going to affect everyone in fact it's rather ethnocentric to assume that it does uh one such example that i managed to find was that uh crash bandicoot had a definite in crash bandicoot 2 um there was a there's a death animation where crash is being pressed down to just a head and feet which had right. to be cut from the Japanese release because there was a murder case where um, only the head and feet of a head and feet of a victim was found. It was God, cut from sorry. the Japanese release, but to everyone in America, UK, Europe, we don't have a clue. We don't know this murder case. It's not going to affect us in the same right. way. In fact. In the UK, we acknowledge that uh, US events are bad and we kind of feel sorry in that, well, that sucks kind of way. But I don't think people here really get affected to the extent that we've seen happen in America. Because it's a different culture, it's another land away from here. So... You're almost painting everyone with this brush of, okay, everyone's going to be affected by this, despite that only maybe one country is. Right, and and, and that's, that's what I mean. If, if you're doing... If it's something simple like just removing that animation for Japan, then, yeah, go for it if that's what's sensitive to them. And I'm, and I'm not saying a company has to be sensitive. If you want to leave it in and stick by your guns and say we're putting it in, if you're tying it to this murder, 
whenever you're playing as a Crash Bandicoot character, then that's on you. Because ultimately, being offended by something is not... You cannot offend other people. Other people can be offended by the things you did. But whatever you did, unless you purposely went out knowing what would offend them, most people who take offense to stuff, it's on them. It's a personal thing. So a game can leave all the stuff in there, and that's fine. I just think that because games are a form of escapism being sensitive to the different areas you know if if we played a a risk type war game where you know like risk the best place to own is australia so take over australia early because it's an island that gives you a whole bunch of points well if australia got taken over by a bunch of people and nuked and stuff then yeah, maybe make Australia not the best place to take it in that game and switch it to something else. You can you can do the little things like that just so it stays in his escapist mm. environment. Again, unless you're trying to bring light to that subject to start a discussion like what we're doing today. Yeah. We're not trying to cash in on everything that's happened. Mm. But and couldn't using your example to bounce off it couldn't that be seen as changing a very traditional game that everyone is familiar with and beloved to suit what is happening current events? It's basically saying, okay, those three plus years of development, you're going to have to change all that because, guys, this thing just happened. Let's just render those three years just a bit buggered right and and again it's it's up to the company and and i'm okay either way with it like i said if you if you take offense to something it's you taking offense to it yeah there's a really nice quote that i just found by stephen fry about the subject um just quoting now it's now very common to hear people say i'm rather offended by that as if that gives them certain rights. It's no more than a whine. It has no meaning. It has no purpose. It has no reason to be respected as a phrase. I'm offended by that. Well, so fucking what? And I think that Stephen Fry, in that quote, kind of mimics what you're saying in the sense, well... Being offended is not, in of itself, does not mean we need to honour the offence. You know, it is a case-by-case basis where the publisher or developer or the PR need to scope the field and work out, is this a... Is this a land minefield they want to run through? <laughs> right, and that's and that's what it comes down to. Um, some people will some people want to stick by what they were doing and some people won't and I don't think there's a problem with it either way if if it was me making it and some, if I was the guy who was leading up Death Road to Canada I would have made the same decision I would have said let's hold off for a little while because this is way too close to the real subject if Australia gets attacked, which, why would it? It's Australia. Um, 
<laughs> I'm only saying that because oh. <laughs> because because you guys we've had some Australian people work for us and and we've had good jokes about it. But <laughs> we've had good I, jokes if, about attacking Australia. <laughs> we've had good jokes about Australia in general. About Jim Jeffries is one of my favorite comedians, and so you know I can I know Australians. Um, I had some of the uh, some of my best friends are from Australia. Oh, oh um, my god, we're using that line now. Yeah, that's Fucking, what I'm going to go with right now. I'm not racist. I have Australian right, some friends. Of my best friends. <laughs> some of my best friends are descendant from criminals. Um, oh so, god. <laughs> so we love you, Australia. I imagine our Australian audience is about to increase tenfold. But if. And, and that would mean that it's still zero. Because um, so, zero times ten is zero. Yep, so yeah, yeah. My, my point about Australia is if something happened to Australia, and I had been running the risk game for a long time, the, the owner of, or the, the brand manager for risk, or the guy who's in development for updates to risk, I wouldn't touch Australia because it's been there forever. It's, it's been out in the public for long enough that it doesn't matter at that point. Yeah. Just step away from it for a little bit. If instead we were about to release a game about Australia getting attacked and Australia gets attacked, maybe we take a step back for a little bit because no longer are we giving entertainment and escape. We're bringing up memories that people are trying to work through. We're, we're keeping those wounds open mm. where they don't need to be. Now, if some random you know, Naboo is attacked in in a game and Australia is attacked, so be it. They're totally different places and they're not related mm. unless the attacks are the same thing, you know, if you're making a Star Wars game because that's, Naboo is Star Wars, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't do Steve, that Star yes, Trek it's stuff. Star Wars. Okay, so if Naboo is attacked <laughs> in some weird way and Australia is attacked, you don't need to hold back a game about Star Wars. They're totally unrelated. But if it's the same country and it's a similar thing, like what happened with Canada, yeah, maybe let people close up some wounds before you throw out something that... that and really, Death Road to Canada is very far from what actually happened. Oh, because yeah. it's zombies and it's yeah. Oregon Trail. And it is more along the lines of you running around, looting things, and then getting back in your truck. Not right. about hitting people with your truck as much as you can. It right it's a it's escaping is what it is it's yeah zombies it, are surrounding your vehicle and you got to get out yeah 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 so so i don't know i've said my piece i say you two guys finish off let let steve have the final word because steven has been gone steven uh, the he's he's been like our 15 dollar discord per, or 15 dollar patron who gets to listen to a podcast go on <laughs> go on steven get in there <laughs> Get in there. Okay. Okay. Land, oh, yeah, land Steven. the brilliant... Yeah, <laughs> Get the brilliant Steven. final piece that makes Rio and I both look stupid because you just said, like, the most intelligent thing of all time. All right. Uh, Go on, Steven. <laughs> no pressure. Don't, don't, don't hold back, Steven. <laughs> no, no, okay, okay. Get uh, in there. Uh, you really, can do it, I did Steven. this last time. <laughs> I, did, I did this on the last podcast, too. Well, the last time we did a recording, anyways, because... Yeah, we had to keep... I just, like... Um, Dragging you out by your collar. Well, because you guys just kept going back and forth and back and forth, and you guys kept so, jerking off Rainbow Six, and so I'm like, I'll just sit here. <laughs> yeah, Rainbow Six. Oh, my that God. That sound effect at the end, your sound effect 
to the jerking off Rainbow Six was mm. not appropriate. Yeah. Or was appropriate. I don't think well, it's appropriate thoughts, on a podcast. Thanks for I- listening to Gaming Astoria this week. We'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's okay. appropriate on a podcast about people getting hit by a van. Well, <laughs> the whole podcast hasn't been about that, and I think a little laughter in here probably isn't going to. Oh hurt my god, I'm in going to be in so much trouble. <laughs> no, in these kind of things, you got to laugh some too. Yeah. you got to remember that there's laughter and humor and and joy in the world. And, True, but and that's important. You know, I tried to pick my moments, and I don't think this was the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is now. Oh, <laughs> please, this guys. This one's not getting edited. Please, guys. <laughs> please don't that hate is, me. That is, that is staying in there. That, and what what Stephen was re- referring to. Was I don't even the know what Stephen said. Historia episode. I don't. I don't even know what Stephen said. That you jerked off with oh, that, uh, yeah. Hepburn about. Oh, I thought Rainbow you said Six. something actually on topic. Oh well, he hasn't yet because we had we, we went down. Go the on, rattle. Stephen. You so, can do it. So, Stephen, I believe okay. in you, Stephen. Okay, go on. Okay, take your okay. swings. <gasps> go on, give a swing. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> so, considering everything that has been talked about and said and referenced throughout this entire discussion, I'm I'm just gonna say that. These deve- these developers and publishers, these people need to not back down, because <sighs> how do Go I phrase on, this Steven. without offending people? I don't want to offend people, but I guess uh, I you got to if you want to get your point out. They're going to be the ones that get offended. You're not offending them. Okay, it's not their fault, and it's not their problem. It's not their situation to deal with just because someone else did something just because other people have had their lives affected by this that doesn't mean that they need their lives affected by this I think Death Road to Canada should have released today like it was supposed to and the faster and sooner that video games distance themselves from these tragedies not by delaying not by altering but not by not acknowledging the fact that these will affect us. We're like, oh, this happened. We're going to delay or we're going to edit our game. Sorry, guys. No, stick to your guns. It's not your fault. You have a... You have something you've created, you've spent a lot of time and effort on, and it's your right to release it and put it out there and let people enjoy it regardless of what happened. Uh, some of the stuff that may have shown up in games may be insensitive and seen as rude by people, but so what? It doesn't matter. People are going to be offended by things no matter what you do. No matter what happens, pe- there's going to be someone out there that's like, oh, this is the most offensive thing ever. Mm. Get over yourself. Just release your game. Let the people have it. Distance yourself from these people because... Doing stuff like this, regardless of, like, if it was a terror attack or if it was just some random crazy person, it doesn't matter. You're still giving that person power by letting them control you 
for what they've done. Mm -hmm. Stand your ground, release your game, and screw everybody else. Mm. I mean, well, that's a different take. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think that one of my main thoughts about what you said is no one is telling these guys that they've got to delay. They are right. making yeah, the decision. Yeah, you're right. That's what no themselves. one is. No one is saying, but, how dare you release the game in this climate. But that's that's the thing. Is though, yeah, yes, they're making the decision themselves. Yes, they have delayed or altered games. But in doing so, you are letting... To me, video games, a lot of video games have a very creative purpose. Maybe not so much anymore. Maybe it's not... Maybe modern day. But that's for a whole different subject. <laughs> But, to me, a lot of these games have a lot of creative minds who put many hours of hard work and dedication into what they've done. Mm -hmm. And to let someone else dictate what happens to them, not by telling them, but by doing something in order to control them. That's wrong. I, I think that's wrong. I think that's not right. I, so Yeah, I mean, I think but, it is wrong for people to kill others but I don't think that the guy I don't think the Toronto van driver looked at the news and said okay death road to Canada I don't want this game to come out <laughs> death road to Canada <laughs> we releasing the switch soon I can't have I that I better do something <laughs> I need to stop uh, this release I get what you guys are saying but it's a yeah. similar thing to <laughs> I, uh, I, I think fuck. the question is, Stephen, do you think that they are not sticking by their guns by deciding not to release the game? I think it's kind of an in-between thing where they want to, they want to release the game. I feel like they wanted to do it, but they're also trying to take the fact that other people have had things happen to them. Situations have changed. Circumstances have changed. Just like with anything that happens, you have a plan, but when a situation changes, you change the plan to match the situation. And and I think they're sticking by their guns by taking a hit to to not make these wounds take longer to close. And not that Death Road to Canada is going to be a big enough game to open a whole bunch of wounds and make the world cry or anything like that, but... I think the same thing. They're sticking to their guns. No matter what choice they make, they're sticking to their guns because they're making the choice to do what they want to do in light of what happened. Hmm. So I, I think that, that either way, they're sticking to what they're saying. Or sticking to what they're wanting to do. Fair enough. Because there, no, there was no outcry from anybody not to release the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on that... They just quietly said, we're not going to release it. Yeah. And they said, please hold your reviews and stuff until further notice. Cool. Yep. I'm trying to put the words together because, like, you guys <laughs> understand what I'm saying when I, when I, I say having understand. these events control what you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I get your, um, I get your point We're trying completely. to respond to the spirit of what you're saying. I mean, I'm... I mean, I admit, I'm playing both sides. I'm trying to give the viewpoint from both sides of being the devil's advocate. <laughs> um, 
because I think that it's a lot more interesting to do that. Um, and because I admit I wasn't entirely sure what opinion you were going to come out with before <laughs> you said it, so I did have to play the whole why should we give a damn about the fact that a disaster happened side for a while until you said it. <laughs> so, I mean, we are... And I mean, I could definitely see both sides to the whole situation. I yeah. clearly see, like, all these things that happen, all these reasons, they are... They're, ju they're justified reasons, and they are fair, and they do what they feel like is best considering the current climate. Mm -hmm. But there's still a matter of... Like you said, why? Hmm. For especially for a game like, I guess, um, get even. Like you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yes, that stuff happened over in Europe. And why does that matter to me? I'm in the states. Yeah. So it's like, it's fair, in what they do. But I guess another way that they could do it is like. I mean, you could also argue, well, you're delaying a release over here just because some nutcase in Manchester blew themselves up, like set off a bomb in, uh, in a stadium, and you're releasing it in the US on time because of that nutcase. See, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, if you want to be sensitive to an area. Okay, so the mobile suit Gundam for PlayStation 2, they did it I think they did it in the most proper way that they could without obstructing the game. They had a scene in they had a cutscene to where a space colony dropped on a city similar to New York. They only delayed that game for the US and nowhere else. Mm. Which is fine. That is actually, I think, the best approach to it because you're you're trying to show that we care. We do care about what happened, mm -hmm. but we're also not going to let the events that have happened stand in the way of our creative product. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I mean, I think it is still letting an event get in the way, to use your terminology, because you are changing the release date of one error at least because of the event you're just well, I, I personally prefer if they wouldn't have done it at all yeah but that's if you have to do it if that's the decision you come to i think the way they did it is the most proper way to do it okay i think with how connected the world is now it's it's different than the ps2 because mm. i think that Especially if you're trying to release on PC, you have things like Steam, where it's not it really regional-specific. Right. Um, I mean, there are and, exceptions, and, but... And we are a much more connected world today than we were 20 years ago. And... So, I, I, whatever the company decides to do is them sticking to what they want it to do. I, I, I don't think they're being controlled by the people who are doing these things. I think they are just doing what they think is 
for whether it's malicious that they're doing it because they think it's going to get them better PR or it's going to dodge a media outcry mm. or if it's because they genuinely want to respect what happened the companies that hold back are doing it for their own reasons and the companies who don't hold back there's no problem with that either they're doing it for their own reasons I think the important part is that they make the choice there's nothing wrong with anything they do if they decide to change it up that's fine it's that that's how it should be but there's there's no nobody was outside of their offices with signs saying no death road no death road you know they just said we're not going to do it and so it's not the public that's upset about it <clears throat> it's them deciding not to do it right now yeah, and i think that's what it comes down to yeah you're absolutely right on that and that's what i i'm saying i'm not saying anything even remotely close to that it's wrong if you let it delay it's wrong. Make your decisions and do what you're going to do. If you're going to delay it, okay, fine. We have to deal with the delay. That's okay. That's up to you. Yeah. But don't let what's happening in the world stand in the way at any time. Just because something happened over here doesn't mean it should stop you. If you want to make that decision and make that delay or make that change, that's fine. Mm. That's okay. It's... It's all up to you. It's all your choices. But, but that doesn't mean you got to let something else affect it. Mm. But on video games, I don't think video games exist in the vacuum that you are depicting it as being in, where we don't reference current events. Our games are built by people who are affected by the environment they live in. Um, right. I mean, they're when we make a game sorry I'm just trying to think where I'm going with this when we make a game we make a game from I mean I hope developers do this they make a game that they like and they extrapolate from yeah, what they like the game into they want a to play. game yeah um, and that is partly from their environment for instance, Pokemon was partly created because um, I think it was the lead designer. I might be way wrong about this, but someone on the team was really into collecting bugs as a child. And from that, they were affected by their environment. And I think that this idea of video games existing in a vacuum separate separate from current events is unrealistic but also would uh, deprive people of a lot of really excellent games that do delve into uh, events that have occurred for instance I think that Orwell wouldn't be half the game it is if it wasn't utilizing the current events that have been coming into play for the last uh, 20 odd year, like 20 years. Because Orwell plays into the paranoia of who is a bomber. They don't use uh, cultural touchstones, they don't use saying, well, is it an Islamic terrorist? Is it um, a Irish 
nationalists. They don't use any of that, but they do use the cultural paranoia of bomb attacks. And I think to try to um, create this sanctuary from the outside is just... <coughs> no, it's just incorrect. <laughs> well, I have, I have one last thing to say about this whole subject, and then then I think I'm spent. Um, okay. <laughs> and then we'll... One, one thing that we didn't touch on at all, and I don't think this is up for debate at all, is that the people who made these games, the, the programmers, the artists, the sound designers, the playtesters, we don't know who in that team was affected by these events, and that could also play into why they, they make these changes, because... The teams are generally fairly large. Death Road to Canada is probably not a huge team, but one of them could have been affected personally by this, and so they decided let's hold off while they recover from the these fresh wounds because they've just spent the last couple years or however long it took to make the game pouring their heart and soul into this, and now this thing happens right as they're ready to celebrate the release. And... Let's give them some time to recover before we release it so that we can all celebrate together without the wounds being so fresh. And that's another piece of the puzzles. As teams get bigger and bigger, they may be doing this for their own people. Of you know, Their people were affected by this, situa- the, excuse me, this situation, so let's, let's cool it right now and let them recover before we release it. Mm. I mean, just for your curiosity... Uh, Rocket Cat Games, who made Death Road to Canada, um, consists of three people. Um, Kepper Away? I'm, I'm gonna butcher that name. Jeremy Orlando and Brandon Rhodes. Um, Away? Away? Uh, I'm, I'm really sorry, Kepper. I am so sorry. Away is based in Washington State. Um, Rhodes is based in Arizona. And Orlando is based in Detroit. All of it in America. They've never actually met in person. They all work outside their houses. So while they're not personally situated in Canada... (laughs) They're not far from it. No. And it is possible so, that they are personally tied into these events. Right. Or so, that they... The, or another twist to it is the fact that they are all situated in America and are used to the this culture that has occurred where there is tragedy after tragedy after tragedy uh, as awful people keep doing awful things. Right. Um, I guess to kind of go along with that point, something else that was actually I Rio didn't even bring up was the uh, Setai Setsumi Toshi, which was uh, uh apparently a Japanese game called the City of Certain Death, which was all about the destruction of a city and trying to survive it, mm-hmm. but. 
<sighs> Japan had an earthquake and a nuclear meltdown in the year of the release, and they just kind like trashed the game entirely. Yep. Which I think is a, a good example of how a game can be directly developed by, or can be directly affected by the climate of the environment that you're in. Mm. Like, that game was specifically about escaping a destroyed city, and then the city that it was being developed in got destroyed a little bit. I mean, I don't know what the fourth game was about. I mean, you're describing the plot of the series. Um... Yeah, that's the. But the I don't whole... know what the fourth game is about, which was what got trashed in spring. Um, got trashed. Uh, did have a spring 2011 release date, but because of the earthquake and the nuclear disaster that also happened, um, it got cancelled by the publisher, but it's being redeveloped. Um, interestingly. Apparently, with cooperation with the Kobe Fire Department, <laughs> and is expected to be released some point this year. I think that that is a. I think that is kind of a strange. That whole situation for that game is kind of in a bubble, because of how of what the topic of the game was and where it was developed and then the events that followed I think that kind of situation is very much in its own like in its own spot because what are the odds of that happening to that developer of that game in that spot <laughs> I mean if you want um, to know what the if you want to have a quick peek of this game in the U.S. and you, in Europe, U.S. that kind of thing, apparently it was released under the title "Disaster Report." Oh, so, I remember the game. Just look up "Disaster Report 4. Um, you might, you should be able to find it. I think. Um. Yeah, but I remember that game very clearly. And there was a lot of going on around it. Yeah. And I mean it got cancelled because of this disaster this uh what happened in Japan and it's like you're losing an entire game because of an event. So Right. But I think well, we might have finished this subject. <laughs> yeah, I think we have exhausted the subject to the to the point uh, yeah. where we hit everything. So, um, <clears throat> any other closing thoughts before I say our farewells? Um, I've got nothing, honestly. Like you're right, we've exhausted this entire subject. Um, at the end of the day, my personal personal opinion removing myself from just playing devil's advocate all day long my personal opinion is do what you believe in if you yep. want to have your release date affected because of an event you can do that if you want to cancel a game because of that you can do that if you want to change content you can do that you're the developer you have the creative spirit you have the creative eye 
I think it's kind of wrong for me to say, as a journalist or as a consumer, I demand this game. No, no, it's not my game. It's never been my game. It is your game. The best I can do is say, this is personally not to my taste. But that's the best I can do as Stephen with the Stephen Fry quote that I said earlier, it is right that saying I'm offended is nothing more than a whine. For me to say this is not right is nothing more than a whine to the creator. It is entirely up to them. And it has very little to do with me. The best we have the right to say is is basically do we buy a game or do we not do we not support the game do we have like we do have a right to an opinion but we don't have the right to change the game that lies entirely on the creator's head right go for it alright we're ready to close it out Steven what you want to say? All right, uh, go. Uh, just hope. Hopefully, there's one more quick. Go on. Um, you can do it. You can do it, Steven. Just, just, just like, just like Rio said, <laughs> stand by what you're gonna do, and whatever decisions you make, that's up to you. All I want to say is that distance yourself from letting tra- the tragedies of the world control and dictate what you will do. Make this make your decisions on your own, but don't let other things dictate how you want to do things. Um, and in saying distance yourself from tragedy, that doesn't mean don't ever use them, because otherwise we wouldn't have phenomenal games like this War of Mine. This War of Mine is pretty pretty damn good. Just stay strong and don't let the world tell you what you're gonna do. Okay, with that, we are going to all head out. So, we want to thank you to listen. We want to thank you to listen. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of Gaming Historia. If you like what we're doing, patreon.com slash gaming historia. If you want to watch us live and see some of our beautiful faces, twitch.tv slash gaming historia tv. Everything can be found at our mothership, GamingHistoria.com, where you'll get news, reviews, editorials, opinions, yada, 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 plus a link to all of our podcasts with the custom art that we do for each. Um, And then from that, you can interact with us, jump in, do whatever you want to do. It's great. And then subscribe, listen to the podcast, give us some feedback, contact at GamingHistoria.com. The big thing to to do is just go to gaminghistoria.com you'll get everything you need there so with that said we thank you for listening and we would love your feedback on this do you want more of these type of subjects where we'll hit and and we have even more touchy subjects even more hot button things that we want to get into we're going to do them either way but we would like your feedback see see what you guys thought so so reach out to us we won't buy We just want to hear what you think. So thanks for listening. For Rio and Steven, this is Gravel. We're out. Bye.